0: Day, another week, it's time to go inside EMS. I am your host, Chris Sabalero. And, uh, you know, maybe you're watching us on video. If you're not, uh, go ahead and check us out at EMS1 Video on YouTube. We're doing a lot of the shows lately, so you get to see what Kelly and I look like. That's what he looks like. On his uh, world tour of getting in shape after suffering a pulmonary embolism, deep vein thrombrosis, horrible personality disorder. And anything else that we can throw in there, KG? How you been doing over the past couple of weeks?
1: I'm I'm getting better, man. doing Doing well. I just uh, just did a pretty lengthy car drive uh, uh, just the last couple of days uh, to get to the conference. I've been at. Uh, I'm at the uh, the Swamp Rabbit Pre-Hospital Medicine Conference in Greenville, South Carolina, right now.
0: So, yeah, uh, what is, what is that like six days by foot if you didn't drive there right
1: it's it's a 12-hour drive but with the vague, vagaries of airline travel and the and the airports i have to go through i'd have been in airports for nine hours so yeah you know, so you look good six man and one look, of,
0: looks well like you know what they say the way? camera
1: the, the camera adds 150 pounds
0: <laughs> no it doesn't no no, no it
1: doesn't uh, well come on man permit me my my illusions uh yeah, I've dropped a little bit of weight. Um, not not yeah. as much as I want. It's a long process. It'll it'll keep going, but uh yeah, it's I'm a lost lifestyle,
0: lifestyle change, man. That's yes, indeed. It. Yes, it is. All right, so today we've got a great show. You know, you know, we've been doing this show for a long time now, right? Mm-hmm. It's great that we have the opportunity to meet people who are doing great things inside EMS, hence the name of the show. And I want to introduce Brian Hathaway, he is the president and CEO of Spirit EMS in Ohio. We're going to talk a little bit about his EMT program. He has a free EMT program that he offers to, uh, you know, the citizens of the community, and we'll talk specifics about that, and maybe we talk a little bit about EMS education, but Brian, I want to welcome you to the world-famous, the internationally recognized Inside EMS podcast.
2: Well, thank you. It's great to be here with
0: you. I was going to hope you were going to say something because this is the interactive portion of the podcast where we need to get your Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, thanks for for joining us. Uh, We appreciate it. And, you know, you do have, uh, I do want to talk about your program. You do have free EMT classes and you've been doing these forever. And we'll talk specifically about uh, the course, the program, how people can get involved, what it means to everybody uh, who's involved in that. I apologize for the phone, everyone. Um, but uh, maybe we start off about that. You know, Brian, I know that you know Kelly Grayson is a, is an EMT educator as well on his own right, and this may be the time to kind of compare uh, some knowledge. I mean, we've changed kind of e- EMS or EMT education over the years, you know, skill sheets, let's do away with them, you know, uh, doing more of the skills assessments inside the course. So maybe just from your standpoint, my first question to you would be, How has EMT education changed over the past five or 10 years?
2: So I think there's a lot of things that have changed. And, you know, what we uh, used to, you know, when I went through EMT school, I won't tell you how long ago that was. uh, But, you know, if we brought a patient into the emergency room and they weren't on a backboard, um, we would be crucified for not having them on a backboard. And so now just to bring them in when they're in a C-collar, uh, is uh, you know more of the norm, so I think that there's a lot of different things that have continued to to change and evolve, and you know our educators in the classroom are constantly having to keep up with those things and making sure that you know as studies come out that we're doing the very best for these patients, and then also providing that education to those of us that have been doing it for many years, um, that we certainly have to change with the times.
1: Brian, I've got a, a, a follow-up for that. Um, you know, we've in the last ten years, we've we've pre- we've had a pretty big sea change in in how uh, EMS education is delivered, with the with the uh, release of the uh, EMS educational standards and getting away from curricula based to more outcomes and competency based uh, education. And now, within the last few years, uh, they've done away with the, with the skill sheets. And boy, there was a, yeah, I'm sure you heard it in Ohio. There was a hue and cry. Oh my God, what are we going to do without the skill sheets? Um, Have you, uh, have you run into any problems? Did we, did we not need them all along? Um, Or, or or do you feel there's still something missing
2: and that we, we need to uh, to go back to that kind of thing? So I think, you know, as, as we educate in the classroom and make sure that people are, Uh, comfortable and competent in their skills, and we're making sure that we're doing that good head-to-toe assessment on the patients, that that's the ultimate important thing. You know, memorizing 43 things on a skill sheet to make sure that, you know, we've touched everything uh, is not necessarily applicable to every patient that we're taking care of. And so, you know, as we see new people coming um, through class and they're, you know, some of the instructors that May refer to that skill sheet, uh, you know, in in teaching. But then ultimately, when they go to do their assessment, I'm always looking for the fact of do I feel comfortable that this patient, yeah, uh, or if this person taking care of me would, and I was the patient that they do a good job. So I think you know that's really what what you have to look at nowadays.
0: You know, Brian, you looked like you were going to say something, Kelly. You opened your mouth. No, so. no, no. Go ahead. I, I just, don't know if you were gasping for. I do that or... occasionally. Is the guppy breathing? Is that what it is? It's the guppy
1: breathing. It's the remnants of the (laughs) PE.
0: Okay. Okay, I'm with you. Okay, good. So, Brian, when we think about EMT education, one of the things as an EMS leader is we're always trying to figure out how to engage and how to motivate the workforce, right? So, even before they get to the workforce, with the new generation who's coming in for EMS education, is it different? Are they, you know, the same types of student? Are we having to change our style now of education and how we deliver education for the newer generation? I mean, what are you seeing? And Kelly, it'd be interesting yes. to know maybe from your side, I don't mean to cut you off, Brian, but maybe from your side, answer the same question so we yeah. can get some parallels between the East Coast gotcha. and uh, so on.
2: Yeah, so I would say definitely um, the delivery has changed. And, you know, I think as the you I've got a daughter that's going to graduate from high school tomorrow. And so uh, adapting and acting to the younger generation and, and getting them involved. But they are much more uh, on a level of appreciation. They want to be appreciated for everything that they do. And so as we're doing education and we've done education over the last several years, we've tried to adapt to that and just really show the appreciation for them and and really show them where the goal is. Uh, Two years ago, in particular, um, we gave away a car to our EMT class for those that would have perfect attendance, maintain an 80% in class, and, and pass the national registry test on the first attempt. So again, you're just having to get more creative these days to get people involved and wanting to do Uh, the EMS career. You know, I just um, was at a state EMS board meeting a few weeks ago and learned that the average age of an EMT in the state of Ohio is 43. Uh, That is scary. Uh, uh, My my concern is, is we've got to get people involved and we've got to continue to change with the times or uh, it's going to be a competition when I'm in the nursing home 25, 30 years from now, as to who's going to get out of bed and respond to the call if we don't do yeah. something now.
0: You know, it's funny. You know, you, I, I'm going to, I'm going to probably be the first one to say this to you. You are the Oprah Winfrey of EMS education. You get a car, and you get, <laughs> you, a get car. A
1: car and you get a car, you get a car.
0: I've, I've got to up my game, man. I've,
1: I thought I was doing well by getting all, all the students their own response bag and, and, uh, uh, given the valedictorian an echo core stethoscope, but damn a car, man, it must be like sweet, sweet grant money there. Uh, but <laughs> honestly, you know, we, we, my experience reflect your own, um, we're the, the workforce that we're trying to cultivate now is not the same people that we were. They're a different generation. They're not even millennials. They're most of them are Gen Z. Um, they were they were raised on technology and the old standard brick and mortar classroom and and desks and and go through your textbook and and follow along with me crap, well it didn't work that well in the first place and it certainly doesn't work now.
0: Walking um, uphill both ways in the snow.
1: Yeah, and by God, being grateful. <laughs> That doesn't work. Uh, So things that were no-nos in the classroom when I went through EMT school and and rules that I imposed, uh, ironclad rules that I imposed for years are no longer applicable, like turn your cell phones off. Uh, I'll let kids use cell phones in class uh, as long as they're using the cell phone for class because the the generation of people we're teaching now, um, they don't access and process information the same way we did um they've, they've got a device with uh, some total of human knowledge at their fingertips um and we need to teach them to use it for something besides uh instagram and cat pictures and arguing with each other so uh th- these kind of things were where what used to be considered a distraction in classes is how these kids are getting the information you know and how they're I can I can spout out a random factoid in class, and Brian, you' have probably gone through the same thing. I could spot out a uh, spit out a, a factoid in class. and before I've got it out of my mouth, uh, I've got students looking it up and fact checking me and and and, and um, you know, they, they can actually, they're savvy enough that they can actually engage in an animated and and interactive discussion with you uh, from multiple sources.
0: Yeah, we do a lot of fact checking on this show of Kelly Grayson, too, Brian, by the way. Yeah. So, but I think that you guys and I always, good, always win. Whatever, whatever. But I think that one of the I'll things. I'll Google that,
2: that.
0: Yeah, that's right. We're <laughs> going to say how many times Kelly Grayson's right. But um, one, one of the reasons that you're here is really to kind of talk about the program. I mean, uh, you know, you told us a little bit about it. I do want to touch on the specifics. Free EMT classes, um, six weeks. Uh, next one is actually starting June 12th. So Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. You need to have a high school diploma or a GED, Reliable Transportation. So you've been doing this for two th- since 2017. Uh, there's been about $900,000 uh, given away in grant monies to, to do this. Tell us a little bit about this program. You know, they say that there's no work commitment. Does that just mean they don't have to work for you? Does that mean that they don't have to have X amount of time when they work with you?
2: Yeah, so really um, what we uh, started out in 2017 doing was the scholarship program, and the scholarship meant that there was a commitment to us and that they had to work for us on a full-time basis, but again, as we talked earlier in the podcast, there's times are changing, and so this is the first time that we've actually done free EMT classes, and really our our feeling is, or my feeling, in, in Dart County, Ohio, we're a very rural agricultural area. And so I joke and say, we've harvested from the cornfields of our county, we have to plant a new crop. And so as I've got a, like I said, a daughter that's a senior and, you know, she's really concerned about the fact of what's this gonna cost, uh, what's college gonna cost and, and just really what debt will be. And so as we talked about that as a management team, I said, you know, really, um, we've gotten a good handle on how do we show appreciation to our workforce and how do we get people that want to come work for us? So I said, let's try a free EMT class this time around. And hopefully uh, we can A, uh, plant a new crop, get people that maybe want to do this part-time and not full-time because we know we don't get rich doing this job. And so with that, it just was really a different uh type of thinking uh than what we first started in 2017. Brian, I'm
1: curious is uh <clears throat> when when you offer these classes for for free, um do you have higher attrition? Do you do you find that that um and, and this may be you you may screen screen very well, but do you do you find that some of these uh some of your students um, because they don't put a whole lot of value in the education. They don't put out uh, or try their best because they are they're, they have no skin in the game. The, have you found that to, to be the case
2: at least sometime? Well, I think that's really going to be um, a trial in this class coming up on the 12th of June, because prior to this, we had always done the scholarships where they were going to have to work for um, a period of one year to two years of time. And so, whereas this free class is time that we've really tried this to see exactly, you know, how it works. But my feeling was, is, is I have the cost of an instructor, whether it's one student or whether it's 15 students. You're not, you're not losing any money. That's for certain.
1: Um, I I have a a, addendum to that. Um, You're doing this in six weeks and uh, that's. That's stout, man. Uh, more power to you. That's but that's like drinking from from the fire hose. How are you? How are you structuring your class uh, to to get it done in in six weeks? Uh, these kids are going to class Monday through Friday, eight to five. It's a full time job. Um, are you? Is it hybrid flipped classroom? Uh, how are you
2: managing to structure it so that they get the time and the work in? So, you know, in Ohio, um, we have the requirement of they have to at least have 150 hours of class. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, we're far exceeding that if you do the math of Mm -hmm. 40 times six. And so, again, as they if they start to have struggles with a certain chapter, Uh, That kind of thing, then we're looking at that we also do some pre testing um, to make sure that they're going to be able to digest the information, and maybe they're a they would be a better candidate for a night class weekend class that's on a little bit slower level. But if we really feel that they have the ability to drink from that fire hose will apply themselves at night after they're done with class to be studying Mm -hmm. for the next day. then. Those are the candidates that go through that type of class, and then those that may take a little bit more time. Uh, that's for those night and weekend programs. Okay, so
1: so they have alternatives uh, if they if they can't quite keep up the the uh, pace of the the boot camp style. Absolutely,
2: absolutely,
0: okay. awesome. Yeah, okay, good. So let me ask you this question: When we think about recruiting, when we think about retention. When we think about trying to get the employees that uh, everybody seems to be fighting for, how has this helped, hurt, changed your recruiting, uh, engagement, retention um, uh, programs within your agency?
2: So I think it's done a lot. You know, I think that uh, back to 2017, we decided this was something that we were going to try. Uh, but I think the biggest thing that we have to realize and we've come to realize in the private sector um, of EMS is, is that you know all of these funds, that $900,000 that has came has has not came from um, any type of grant or anything like that that we've got. That's out-of-pocket expense from our company. Uh, and so we have to make sure, and I think that we're holding on to those people. And so the two-year agreement, the one-year agreement, most people are gonna hold on to um, you know, fulfilling that. But we also have to realize and I think that we're a building block because with reimbursement where it's at, we don't have the ability to compete with the city benefits or the municipal benefits or the hospitals that are hiring our people that we've, that we've trained well. And so really we've just tried to come up with a schedule of we know that we're gonna be able to keep this person for one, two, three years, build them up in their career and then allow them to move on and, and see them move on. And then they spread the good word that our organization is the one that helped them plant that seed. And then that seed grows for another person that becomes interested. That's, uh,
1: that's one of the things I was, uh, I'm flabbergasted. You you've sunk almost a million dollars over the last seven years, uh, or the last six years into, uh, into the education and building your own workforce. Um, and obviously it's working for you or you wouldn't have continued the, down this path for, for uh, six years. So what's the secret sauce man? What are you doing different or approaching different and how are you interacting with these with these students uh, different than than what you might or you or other uh, EMS educators? might have done in the past uh, that made it successful
2: for you? What do you think has been the difference maker? So I think the, the difference for us is, is again, um, we come from a rural area, a lot of agriculture. So we've got a lot of people that understand and know the work ethic that's involved. And one of the things that we've really had to adapt to is is the fact of that people don't want to work overtime these days. They simply and I think want to come in and work their three shifts a week uh, and be able to go home. And then the other component to that is, is just really showing the level of appreciation and pre- having a diverse work culture where we do FEMA deployments, where as a private EMS organization, we do 911. We do special events. Um, we get to, you know, do the, uh, we have a races that we do. Uh, we have fairs that we go to we have concerts that we cover so again that diversity of being able to get their hands dirty in multiple different aspects allows us to be uh, that organization that tr- truly is different and always and we're always thinking outside the box of how can we do it better next week next month and next year and for the years to come awesome so you're you're giving these kids not only a
1: uh, well-rounded EMS education, but a well-rounded work experience as well, getting, getting to experience EMS in, in all its aspects. Um, I got to tell you, man, I'm, I'm impressed. I, I approach this with, uh, with a little skepticism because I'm, I'm not a fan of, uh, of boot camp style, uh, EMS education. And, uh, and I, I, I legit worried that, um, how, how people are going to, to, uh, treat the education if it's free and they don't have to pay anything for it, how dedicated they'd be. But um, obviously it works, it's working for you. So that's proof the pudding that it can be done. Um, I want to thank you for being on the show today because it's it's, your answers uh, have been, have been rather interesting and going to cause me to reevaluate some of my thinking on the subject, but Hey, you've heard what we think guys. Uh, We'd like to hear what you think. What do you think about uh would you would you take a a, a hundred two hundred and forty hour boot camp style emt course if it was offered to you for free? If do you live in the Ohio area? <laughs> um, there's plenty of it there for you. We'd like to hear your thoughts at the show at ems1.com. Don't forget to check out our podcast videos on YouTube. And for myself, co-host Chris Cebolero. And our special guest this week, uh, Brian Hathaway from Spirit uh, Emergency Medical Transport in Ohio. Thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. Going to catch you guys next week.